hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. You've heard the saying, make your money work for you, but how? It's more than just investing in index funds or stocks. It's using strategies, simple ones, that can use your current cash and your stocks to generate even more money. Today, we've invited Nate Thomas, better known as Trader Nate on Twitter, to share with us the strategy that he's using to generate income from his existing stock portfolio. You're listening to Queer Money episode 404, and today we're discussing covered calls. It's a simple, easy to learn way to turn your existing portfolio into additional cash. Now, on with the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. This week's show, we're going to carry, and actually it's going to end up being a two-parter, but we're carrying the theme of investing. That is one of the four themes that we cover every single month. And we don't typically go too deep with investing topics, but we wanted to start to uncover some topics that are a little bit on the outer edge of investing, in part because some of you have been asking for that. You've been asking us for, especially in the Facebook group, have been asking us for things outside of index it and forget it. Uh, And so we wanted to start covering some additional topics around types of investing that allow you to either get started or grow your portfolio or stretch your investing knowledge so that you can improve your growth in your portfolio. What we're going to be talking about today is one that is really kind of out there on the edge. Not a lot of people talk about or familiar with options trading. John and I both used to be brokers. And so we both would talk. And those calls used to stress me out (laughs) because you'd get like one a month and you're like, I don't know if I can do this right. (laughs) Exactly. So it it wasn't something that either of us were experts in. So we wanted to invite Trader Nate on the show today to talk to us a little bit more about options investing because Nate is one of the individuals that we follow on Twitter because he does talk about things out there on the edge of investing that are unique and interesting topics. And he has some great knowledge around options. So welcome to the show, Nate. Yeah, Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into the discussion. And yeah, again, thanks for having me here today, guys. Of course, Definitely. of course. Yeah. So just to get us started, options, it's an interesting word because we use it in a lot of different contexts, but when it comes to trading, what is an option when it comes to trading? That's a great question to start with, right? You want to understand what we're talking about. And the option is actually really simple. So I think a lot of people get a little bit nervous because you hear options trading and you think, ooh, high risk, high reward, and, and a lot of complication. But really what it is, is a it's an, a simple contract that is gives the, the owner of the contract, the oblig- or not the obligation, but the right to buy stock at a certain price within a certain time frame, you know, by a certain date. So that's really the long and short. You have a a buyer and a seller and the owner is the buyer. And when they own it, they have that right. And the seller is obligated to fulfill that right. And that's, that's really how it works. 
Yeah. You mentioned this idea that it's a contract. So it's kind of an agreement between two parties that something will or can happen if they decide to do something of it, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. It's all based around the price that is set in, in the option. And then there's an expiration date. So it's only good within that time frame, And that's really the added element that makes options that much more interesting. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but there are lots of different types of options contracts, aren't there? I mean, they just the the variety and the way in which contracts can be written and what they can be written on is just massive, right? There's just this huge w- number of ways that contracts can be written. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's probably part of the intimidation factor, right? And so I would say if you're looking at getting into options and utilizing them with your portfolio, start very basic and, and keep it simple. You can get into all kinds. You'll hear people talk about spreads and calendar spreads and all of these, you know, Triple something condors. called the condors, <laughs> the strangle, all these different things. And, you know, and, and it's very interesting and, and certainly stuff that you, you know, as you get advanced and it's definitely worth looking into if you're interested in it. But really at a very basic level, there's call options and put options. And one allows you to take a position that you're, you think the, the stock that is involved in the in the option is going to go up and a put is really the opposite right you're betting that it's going to go the other direction and you know those are the two basic two options that you know you would start with yeah. okay so in episode 14 that's going to come out next month we're going to discuss what put options are and how they can help you protect your portfolio this episode Great. we're going to cover call options so why would i considered writing a call option? What scenario would I say, okay, this is a strategy that I'd like to execute in my portfolio? So you said something very interesting there. You said write a call option and there's two sides to to it, right? So there's writing the call option and then there's buying call options. And what I would suggest is exactly what you said is if you're starting out and learning, one of the more simplified strategies is it's called a covered call option. And without getting into too much detail there, it's effectively writing a call against shares you have. And you know what that really means is you're able to get into the options trade without taking on a lot of risk. But to, to back up and kind of answer your question more simply, if you're engaging in buying a call option, which is probably a good example to start with, you're saying, okay, let's, you know, let's use a real life example. Rocket Companies is a symbol, ticker symbol RKT. You can go in and buy call options at a uh, strike price or a, a price that's higher than it's at currently. And if it rises above that price, then you are what's called in the money. You get to exercise the option and reap the benefits. And the reason you might want to do that is you don't want to go out and buy a hundred shares at a time, which is what an option is representing. So it allows you to go out and with a smaller amount of money, the smaller amount of capital, make an investment in the idea that the the stock that you're in, interested in is going to go higher, but within a certain time frame. So that is the added element there. And you just maybe taking your example a little bit further, and I I'm not familiar with where Rocket is trading at right now, but let's just say sure. today it was trading at fifty dollars a share, and I think that based on maybe market what's going on in the market or what I know about that company, I think it's going to go to $60 a share. Are you saying I could go out and buy a contract from somebody that I believe that eventually it will go above $60 a share and I could buy that contract? And basically I'm investing in the idea 
that it will go up in price, not actually investing in the company itself, right? That's correct. Yeah, you're you're buying that contract and that's where you're investing versus owning shares outright. It's a, a synthetic way of owning shares, so to speak. And using that Rocket example, so I actually just purchased shares of Rocket and sold calls against them. And so if you were buying those calls, the shares were at about $9 when I purchased them. So if you wanted to, instead of buying those shares, if you were thinking that by the end of the month, let's say, those shares are going to rise above $9.50, maybe you think they're going to rise to $10 based on you know whatever information you're looking at, you can buy an option at, say, that $9.50 level and maybe you have to spend $27, $30 or so for that option instead of going and spending $900 for 100 shares of that of that stock. So you're risking a lot less. And if the, the shares move the direction you think you'll get, then you know the, the option price moves up a greater percentage. But again, you're you're outlaying a smaller amount of capital. So you're putting out much less than that $900, but you're able to, from a percentage standpoint, potentially collect more. The flip side of that is if it doesn't move quickly enough, say it goes to the $10 level you thought, but later, maybe it takes two or three months. Well, that's too late. That's past your expiration. So it wouldn't be a good transaction at that point. Hopefully that makes sense. It does. So if you're on the buy side, this could be a way for you to garner 100 shares of Rocket at a much cheaper price than if you were went out to try to buy 100 shares yourself. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly right. From the buy side, it's a, a replacement for just purchasing those 100 shares. I guess you do have two options here, right? You You have the option to actually then go in and buy the shares from the person who you wrote the contract. So you would eventually have to pay that $900, well whatever the contract price is, not necessarily $900, whatever the contract price is. But then you may not have to do that at all to gain a profit, right? You could do something else, right? That's right. That's how the options work. So you can take one of two paths. If you own the option, so you just talk about the buy side, I think is probably the best way to approach this. So you own the option and let's say it does run, you know, the stock price runs up. You then have the the right, again, not the obligation, but the right to either exercise the option. And that means you're going to go ahead and buy the shares and you're going to buy them at that contract dictated price. So let's say again, using the example, we had $9.50 a share and you know rocket companies moved up to $10 a share. Now I have the right to buy those shares only at $9.50, right? Because that is what the contract allows me to do. So now I can go ahead and buy a hundred shares at $9.50 and own them and they are worth you know whatever they are today. So that is one path you can take. And certainly folks do this, right? Another way you can utilize options trading is if you are in the money, which is what that means when, when the shares have risen above the, the option price, so that 950 level, if you're in the money, you can sell that option back and the option price is going to be worth more, right? So for every cent above or every dollar above, you're going to get added benefit. And if it's before that strike price, that benefit actually increases because there's opportunity for the price to continue going up, right? So you can Mm -hmm. actually sell that contract at any point between when you buy it and when that expiration date is, if it's, you know, lucrative and and worthwhile for you to do that. So it just gives you options. 
Yes. It does. <laughs> it's it's really well named. <laughs> yeah. That's where it came from. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ plus community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. So you've talked about this this idea of somebody writing the contract. What does it mean that an option is a covered call versus maybe an uncovered i can't remember the name of it naked now. oh uh, it's sexy yeah it's a naked call naked yeah. call and so they yeah nude. they should call it nude <laughs> nude calls <laughs> <laughs> i like it yeah so and i'm glad you asked that because when i talk to folks about getting into options trading one thing i suggest and, and one thing i do actively actually is is engaging covered call strategy and in a covered call strategy and and that's because it's really one of the lowest risk strategies that you can engage in when you're trading options and so it's a great way to learn. And then also I happen to like it right now because I feel like the market's moving sideways a little bit where we're getting, you know, upside and downside, but it's really trading in a range. And that's when covered calls, that strategy really can be beneficial. So to explain that a little bit, if you were to buy a hundred shares of a stock that you, you know, and you want to obviously own shares of a stock that you believe in and you believe is going to move higher you can turn around and for every hundred shares you own, you can sell a call against that. So let's just stick with the rocket example. You buy a hundred shares at $9, you can sell a call for, you know, I think it was roughly $25 for about two to three weeks of time. So expiring three weeks out and you would be able to gain $25 for that. And what you're doing is you're capping your, your upside. So what you're saying is, I'll sell the obligation to give up these hundred shares at $9.50 before the end of this duration, these three weeks. And what you're getting for that is immediate cash, which is what I really like, right? So you're gaining that premium, which is what is assigned to the option, that cash, the $25 that it's worth right away. And what that does for you is it gives you some downside protection, right? You've already earned money with your investment. But then it also caps your upside, which you know is good and bad, right? So a lot of folks say, well, I, I own this because I want it to run all the way up and keep running and running. Well, then you might not want to sell covered calls too close to the money or maybe not at all. But if you're really interested in protecting some of your downside, then you, know, you use this strategy because it gives you that cash right up front. And if the shares just move sideways or drop a little bit, you have that cash offsetting those losses. And on the flip side, if the shares move up, right, and they go above that strike price, they could be, what happens is they get called away. And so what that means is the owner of the of the option gets to buy it at that 950 price. Well, 950 is still above $9, right? So maybe you don't get it if it runs to 10, you don't get that full amount, but you get the 950 bonus plus the premium, the cash you collected up front. So you're giving a little bit of potential upside up for some added protection on the, the backside. And, and that's why I really like the cover call. It's an interesting strategy that it protects you on the downside and gives you some upside. And 
I like that idea of a lot of people think that when they sell it, when it gets called away or when you have to sell it at that 950, you're like, oh, well, I didn't make as much as I could, but you have to add in that additional money that you made, that income basically that you made by writing that particular contract for that 950 strike price, which if you're doing the calculation, then you're actually earning, like you said, you're earning more than the 50 cents from your purchase price of $9.50. You're actually say, let's just say it was 25 cents. So you're earning 75 cents. Right. So 75 cents on a $9 stock, that's actually a pretty decent return. That's a return that's over 8%. And you did that in a very short time period. That's right. And you know what you're giving up isn't the potential for big losses from the option contract, right? Because you sold it. So you're the only thing that can really happen is that contract ends up being worth way more than you sold it for because the shares went up and your shares get called away. And so you make less money than you would have if you just owned the shares. So you make less, but you're not losing, right? On the flip side, where your losses can come in is if the shares drop in value. So the option contract you sold is not where your risk really is. It's more what shares you bought. And to that end, you've offset some of that risk by collecting the cash from the option. So all the way around, it's a way to mitigate some risk while still capturing a lot of upside. This sounds like a very intensive process, is it? And if it is, how lucrative can it be, say on a weekly or a monthly basis? How much money can people expect to make if they do want to dive into this kind of a strategy? That's a great question. I actually like it because I'm busy. I work a regular job and I cannot be staring at a screen hours and hours a day. So this is something that you can actually utilize without getting too overly involved. But at the same time, if you like to be an active trader and you have enough positions, then it allows you to stay active, right? I'm looking at everything on a daily basis, but I don't necessarily trade every single day. And, you know, I can really implement this strategy with less than an hour a day of my time. That is one thing I really find attractive about the covered call strategy. The flip side of that is it does require an hour a day. And I do have to spend some time on the weekends because I have to, you know, understand what stocks I'm investing in and all of that, like you would in any investment, right? Mm -hmm. From a lucrative standpoint, I think the bigger picture for covered calls is it allows you to capture upside, but really what it's doing is giving you that management of risk. And I think that's really important for anybody getting into trading in general and looking at options is first understand how to manage risk with them before you start you know, trying to figure out how much you can make. And uh, right. that's why I really like this strategy. Right. And that's why you're recommending, if you're going to dive into it for the first time, maybe go with a covered call strategy so you're not taking on too much risk. Right. Exactly right. Gotcha. So what would be the requirements then for somebody to be able to do this? And Second question, what kind of accounts can I do this in? Because a lot of folks who are listening to the podcast are most likely going to have a lot of their money either in their retirement accounts, such as an, a Roth or a traditional IRA, or maybe a 401k. Can they do those these kinds of strategies in those types of accounts? Great questions. So to hit on the first question, to use a covered call strategy and that is really, again, the, the safest strategy to start with. It, it is the lowest level of options required to get approved for with any broker you're looking at. So pretty much any broker, 
just requires you to request the options trading ability and it's like the lowest level and then you can start engaging in cover calls. If you wanted to get you know the other strategies, that's when you have to get different approvals and you start looking at margins and, and different cash levels and all of that. So for this, it's very basic. And then as far as the IRA retirement accounts side of the house, I actually really recommend utilizing this in an IRA, a retirement account versus a brokerage account because of the tax implications. So if you're selling covered calls and they do get exercised, right? The shares are being sold. That's a taxable event. So if you want to avoid dealing with a lot of buying and selling taxable events all throughout the year, then yeah, put it in an IRA. And that's exactly how I trade my covered call strategy. It's in my IRA. Right. Nice. So what you're saying is if you want to try doing this, then don't start in a brokerage account, a traditional regular brokerage account, put your money in a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA if you don't already have one and start doing it there. Right. Yeah. I think that's the wisest way to go about it from a tax efficient approach. Absolutely. Yeah. Gotcha. And just to be clear, as Nate was saying, if you're going to execute this strategy, you would have to contact your broker, ask them for an an options application, fill out the application, and they'll only let you have the option approval level, which I think for most firms is up to like level four. I think it's four. There could be more, but they won't give you any more approval than they think that you're capable of handling based on your risk and based on the assets in your portfolio. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think you're right. I think it's zero through four. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned this idea of strike price. And so let's kind of have a little, little bit of a conversation around strike price and maybe how do I determine whether or not I am in the money or not in the money, or I'm going to make money off of this or lose money off of this? How do we kind of, because I know that there's kind of this whole idea of break-even points, right? So let's talk about strike price and break-even points. What are those? Oh, that's great. And you know, you can get into this conversation and start throwing around the lingo really quick. It can sound fancy or what have you, but Really, it's all, it's all the stuff that you already know. So a strike price is just referring to, you know, starting with that, is this the price of the shares of stock that are involved with the option. So I, I like sticking with one example. So with yep. Rocket, the strike price in the, the option we were going to sell was $9.50. And let's just say the, the stock is around $9.05 now, or maybe it's up at nine twenty or what have you. It's below that strike price. So while the shares are below the strike price of your contract, they are considered out of the money. And so let's talk about that a little bit. The strike price on your option is saying you have the right to buy 100 shares at this price. So it's effectively worthless if the, the shares are below that strike price because you, you would just go buy the shares. So that's why it's called out of the money. You're, you're not making any money with this option. Now, when the, the price of the rocket shares were to move up to 975, let's say, now it's above the 950 level. Now they're in the money and the intrinsic value. So the, the value of the option based on you know, where it is relative to the shares, the strike prices relative to the shares. Now it's worth one penny for every penny above that strike price. So we were 25 cents above that option is going to be worth at least 25 cents. And the way the option prices work is you multiply that by a hundred because there's a hundred shares. And that's where I got that $25 earlier, right? Mm -hmm. So if it moves to 975, the shares do that option that has a strike price of 950 is at least worth that 20, 25 cents or 25 extra dollars. 
Now, why I say at least is the time element comes into play. So if you have another month before the expiration, the, the option is going to say, well, you have an additional chance to move higher. So on top of that $25, we're going to say this option's worth, you know, a few, and that's the extrinsic value. So it's a few more dollars on top of it. And this is where options trading could really help when you're buying the options. It can really, you know, you see your gains go up a lot higher and faster than stocks and why people like get excited about buying options. But I would just caution that that's exciting and you can see the, the value really quick. But at the same time, going back to the out of the money example, your options will go to zero if they're out of the money and you you know goes to the expiration date. So it's a high risk, high reward when you're buying them. But that's that's how the the strike price in in and out of the money works. Gotcha. Yeah. And so let's take a little bit further to that idea of break even from the person who is selling the contract. I own the the 100 shares of Rocket. I sell them to you for $25. Where do I basically say to myself, where is my break even? Where am I going to may, not make any money if the price goes to what? Right. Great question. So if those shares of Rocket that we got at $9 and we collected $25 from the option contract, now the way you would calculate that is you have you spent $900 on your shares, you collected $25, so you'd offset that. So you say, okay, now $875 is where my break-even point is, right? The $900 I, I put out and then taking in the $25. Right. So Given that example, and it's nice and simple with Rocket, those shares can drop to $8.75 and I would break even. Yeah. And what's nice about those options contracts is if the share price did drop down, you can buy it back and sell your shares and break even and you'll be okay. So there's a little bit of math there because if it's not at the expiration date, that option won't drop all the way to zero. So there might be a couple of dollars worth of value in there because of the, the time duration still remaining your break-even might be a little bit higher. So you'd want to keep that in mind, if that makes sense. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> no. And actually, I wish. Yeah, <laughs> folks, this is this is a math Very intensive. Mathy. It's a it's a math, but the nice thing is it's it's simple math, right? This is yeah, I agree. Plus and minus times a hundred basically is what you're looking at, right? Sounds you're like not- algebra to me. What's that? <laughs> Sounds like algebra to me. <laughs> I, I think that's actually accurate, but I think it's the, the introductory algebra for what it's worth. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I did good in that. Exactly. <laughs> so it 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 doesn't have to be really complicated, and there is a decent amount of information. I would say, folks, if you're if you are are intrigued by this, I would definitely follow Nick on Twitter and the stuff that he shares. See Nick. Sorry, did you say Nick? Yes. I'm sorry, Nate. Sorry, sorry, Nate. That's all good. (laughs) I'm like, I've been calling him Nate this whole time. I've got it wrong. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Sorry about that, Nate. Because you want to take some time to become familiar with this, right? It's not something you want to do without knowing. Watch and see a lot of examples of how you can Mm -hmm. do this. So we talked about this idea that you can make money doing this. Is it really something that people are finding is a profitable way to to make money over time, whether it's just in a short time period or or let's say I want to work on this strategy as adding to my retirement income? Right. It's a good question. And I've, I would say that options trading in general has so many different aspects to it that what folks tend to do is they come in and they 
try the, I'm going to buy options and, and make a lot of money in the big money, big wins really fast. And I've yet to meet anybody that can do that very consistently over a long period of time, right out of the gates, right? It usually takes several years to learn how that all works and to trade aggressively in that arena. But for something like a covered call strategy, I think that it's it can be fairly quickly learned and applied without a lot of necessary in-depth knowledge or taking on a lot of risk. So I, I think that if you take on strategies like that, if you start off very simple and as you're going, you start to get more comfortable with things like there's the Greeks and, and all this other stuff involved with option strategies. As you, as you get into it and you start learning these basic strategies and you get into, you know, the more complicated stuff, you know, I think that's, that that's the natural progression to go along. But I, I guess getting back to the original question, which I think I've rambled on and I've lost the point to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it, is it something that people, you see people using as a way yeah, to generate the inside of it? Yeah. yeah. So again, sorry, I, I get distracted by trying to preach about not getting into the, the high risk. <laughs> the high end, right? Right? I get it's a soapbox of mine, but no, so it can be very lucrative. And so the, the, the cover call strategy, what I, what I was trying to get at there was you start off and if you're, as you learn and as you become successful with it, you can move on to more lucrative strategies. But the the cover call strategy itself, you know, that rocket example, that's a way to gain, you know, two to three percent in just a few weeks' time. And, and you're collecting that up front again. So if those shares just move sideways all year long and you don't get a lot of appreciation out of the stocks, you're collecting cash because you can repeat this process over and over and over. So at the end of the three weeks, that you know, in this one example, if they had expired worthless and I collected my full amount of money, then I can turn around and sell another round and continue to collect this cash. So I really like it in a market that's moving sideways or is struggling, you know, a little bit. And because you can continue to collect those premiums and then use that premium to, you know, buy more shares if you'd like. Yeah. So the reason that we're bringing this to your attention, folks, is because you've told us in the Career Money survey last year that you want more strategies to help you with your retirement and help you with more more, more investing. And options trading is a strategy, especially maybe in this high inflation market, that you can use to try to offset some of the costs that you might be experiencing or are feeling might come your way after you do hit retirement. And options is a great way to sort of help your portfolio grow. And if you do it cautiously and right, as Nate's saying, you can make some decent money. It's not without its risk, but you can make some decent money without having to assume too much risk if you're doing it cautiously, especially in an IRA account. So if you're technical at all, you want to try to find a new hobby, you'd like to, once you get past like this lingo, it's actually not as daunting as it might sound, which is why David suggests follow Trader Nate on Twitter there are some simple blogs that you can go to, as well as some books that you can read that talk a little bit more in, in depth about options trading and maybe just start dabbling in it, see if it's right for you. And the more interest you have, the, the more you pursue it. Yeah, 100% agree. There's a lot of great free material out there. And I write a newsletter every week where I try to get into depth on some of the trades I make to, you know, again, provide that free information. So yeah, I recommend if you're, if you're interested to take a look at the free info that's out there because there's plenty of it. So you said that you'd like when these these markets that go sideways, which markets would you say you would you would dial back your options trading? What kind of a market would dial back your options trading? Yeah, the ones you really like. So when the market's <laughs> ripping, you know, like it was in the second half of 2020 and just complete upside and everybody's, you know, really piling in. 
the cover call strategy lags severely because mm -hmm. those stocks are continuing to blow through any of the upside cap that you're putting on there. So you're going to fall behind. So the great thing about the strategy is when things are going really well, you can just say, oh, okay, I'll just own the stocks and, and let it run. So yeah, that's the only real downside is when things are going great, you just kind of back off of the calls. Yeah. And I do think in this kind of a market where everybody's like, I don't, my portfolio is either going nowhere or I feel like I'm losing and inflation's make me feel poorer and poorer every day. This might be some way to sort of offset that sort of negative psyche that we might've all adopted at this point in time. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a nice positive, you know, thing to see in my account. Also, you know, if you, just a side note, when you're looking at your account balance and you have your stocks that are going up and down during the day, and then you have your options that you've sold against them, on a day where the stocks are dropping and your shares are, are falling in value a little bit, your options that you sold actually are increasing in value for you because the inverse relationship it has. So when you look at your net balance, you're like, oh, look, I'm not as down as far as I would have been. So it's a really nice thing to see. And if that, you know, I've been actually dealing with that in the last month or so because everything's been really choppy. And I look down, I'm like, oh, actually, not as bad as I thought it might be today. So it's, it's nice. Nice. <laughs> that is that, and that's the covering your risk side, right? That is the the exactly that's right. part of the protection that that doing covered calls or selling covered calls can actually help you with. So, Nate, there you go geez. again. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Nate, Nate, you won too many mimosas yesterday. <laughs> you write, you said that you write a newsletter that talks about these kinds of strategies. So, how can our audience connect with you and and learn more about what you're helping people with? Sure, I yeah, appreciate it. So you can follow me at Trader Nate here on Twitter. And then my newsletter is currently on Substack. It's Traders Education. I have a link in Twitter account as well. And I'm working on setting up a website, actually. It'll be TraderNateTrading.com once I get that rolling. So but yeah, that's where you can find me. And I'm always happy to talk trading. Sounds good. Well, Very we'll cool. definitely link to that in the show notes. And yeah. thank you for helping us delve into a topic that is sometimes scary for people. and. Again, folks, we covered the we covered the, the covered calls covered side. calls side. <laughs> we are going to do the opposite side here in a couple of months. Nate will be back with us again to talk about puts, protective puts. I'm looking forward to it. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you for a great interview, Nate. We appreciate it. To you, our viewers and listeners, again, thank you for listening or watching. Here's your queer money takeaway from this episode. There are ways to supercharge the growth in your retirement portfolio and to generate an extra income for now or the future. Follow Nate on Twitter and sign up for his newsletter to learn about how you can add covered calls to your portfolio growth. Then join us this Thursday when we share the most affordable LGBTQ-friendly city to live in in Rhode Island. And then next Tuesday when we share 10 ways to make $1,000 fast. Have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.